0: Never know where you're going if you don't look back Hold it tight like a fist before it fades the black You got a relic, best to keep it true A ticket to the past, it can bring you too You got a relic, they come far and few Remember what you do, it comes back on you A relic, best to keep it true A ticket to the past, it can bring you too You got a relic, they come far and few What is good, people? This is the Relic Podcast, I'm Chad Snow And thank you for listening. Episode 40, what are we on? Episode 48. Coming at you with my guest again, John Jesperson, who didn't like his audio in the last episode. He said it was a little too choppy. And he's trying to blame me for whatever. I'm not sure exactly why, but it's taking the responsibility off of himself. He said this because we're on FaceTime And it doesn't sound good I told him to get a microphone And then I texted him yesterday And I was like, same time No reply, just crickets And then I was like, shoot, well Alright, well maybe I just gotta fly solo On this one And all of a sudden I get a text from him this morning And he's ready to go He said, but just not 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 as early as we did last time Give me a little bit of time to wake up Needless to say, it's like Four twelve in the morning here, which so it's like nine o'clock there, but he needs more time. Anyway, whatever. And now I'm gonna unmute him, so we're gonna see how his audio is, and we're just gonna go with it. So, thank you, folks, and here we are, John
1: Jefferson. Oh.
0: <laughs> I was gonna try to That's do the- a. I have like, hold on a second. I think I got. Yeah. Or I have this one too.
2: Oh, that should be a great hit. like
0: and everyone here is John Jesperson. Hey anyway. Hey. I think I thought I had something what? else on there, but it doesn't really matter.
2: Uh, yeah. Well thank you for the uh the awesome intro that I had no ability to come back on you for. But that's—you
0: um, sound better actually right now. You sound better in
2: my ears. So just yeah, t- I mean, I I think people were wondering like, was I out in the middle of like, uh, uh, like, was I on a chopper? Was I like, you know, <laughs> was I out on a uh, like a little skiff boat or something? No, it was all me. So I just thought maybe the studio engineer could maybe clean that up or something. <laughs> um, but they- yeah just just a little background information for everybody but uh hopefully this one will sound a little better right and thank you for the intro you know i do realize it's four o'clock but as i like to say i don't care what time it is you live in hawaii
0: Mm.
2: and that's the end of that story right there drop the mic yeah
0: but hey we're here we got it going Yep. and i think you sound better but, but we'll see on the playback, and it sound like <laughs> crap again. I don't know, but whatever. Uh, maybe I have to talk to my sponsors and get uh, get my guest a microphone, and I could just send it to you or something. Oh
2: my goodness! I could just I can
0: get one. Speaking okay. of sponsors, let me just let's just cut to a commercial quick. This episode of the Relic Podcast with John Jesperson is uh, brought to you by Dog Food. All right, so with
2: that. <laughs> Was that a good one? No. Yeah. I mean, to know that every brand of dog food is sponsoring you. Yeah. I think that's, that's the best way. Because if you were to list all of them, it would be more than, it would be more.
0: It would take way too long. But anyway, let's just jump right into this. Let's do it. So we uh, were talking last week, for those of you that listen, those of you that did, thank you. We were talking about cancer. And then we started talking about like anxiety towards the end. And it, kind of opened my eyes to like, well, we need to devote an episode to this. Not only because it's something I've kind of touched on in past episodes just on my own, but other people have it. It's not like it's a secret. And it's nice to know if you're dealing with something like that, that you're not alone. So, John, I'm just going to let you start and we'll riff like we always riff, but let's start where we kind of left off
2: sure so we were talking a little bit about well a lot about cancer and we were talking about you know birth and life and then towards the end there it got a little deeper which often conversations do and we had to wrap it up um and we started talking a little bit about anxiety and as long as you and i have known each other it was something that we had never discussed personally even on a phone call or anything like that so it was something that we kind of just touched on and as we're kind of wearing our uh, emotions on our sleeve or, you know, showing our weaknesses as strengths, um, there was something that both of us decided that we were just going to talk briefly about right there. But there wasn't enough time to dedicate to that. So we thought maybe we would do an episode on it. So, yeah, we're going to talk about anxiety and, uh, you know, uh, Chad's dealt with his own. So instead of uh, Chad just kind of talking about Hey, John, what did, you know, what have you gone through? What have you gone through? We're just going to kind of hopefully be able to play off each other like we normally do. And in this particular case, it'll be something that we both have dealt with or do deal with. Um, and so we can kind of relay uh, our experiences um, and how that maybe will hopefully touch someone in a way that maybe they're saying, hey, I'm going through that too. Or, hey, I didn't know you guys were dealing with that. Um So, yeah, I mean, does that sound good to you, Chad?
0: That sounds great. And as I look back on like us, especially, or even myself, I can't just speak for you. Like everyone has anxiety. It's not like only a few people that go to the doctor for it and then they get prescribed medication or whatever you call it. it. Everyone has it. And I think of myself growing up. And how I was wired to like, always be on the go, always be performing, always be working out, always being, it was like a breeding ground for it. But when you're a kid, I mean, we didn't know any different. We just, I just did it. And even growing up, I just, I don't even know if I'd call it anxiety. Maybe it was anxiety, but I didn't know there wasn't a word for it. And It wasn't something you talked about. It was just something like, oh. I'm feeling anxious. I got to go do something. And then usually it was basketball or, you know, something like that. And then all of a sudden, I think back to when my mom passed away. And then all of a sudden, anxiety, it it took a different turn. And now it's something else. And it was something. Now what the fuck do I do? And everyone deals with it differently. I definitely didn't deal with it appropriately. And after you brought it up, you know, dealing with your cancer and everything. I was curious as to how what it looked like for you.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting when you talk about those parallels because as we ran together in high school and did those type of things, I mean, there was never a dull moment. There was never downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was two guys that always wanted to be on the go, always wanted to be doing something. A little bit of, you know, as my mom would always tell me, you know. When I was about forty years old, she's like, you know, we always thought maybe it, you were, had a little attention deficit or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome, mom! Thanks for letting me know when I'm forty. Um, but <laughs> well, let me inter- let
0: me interrupt you really quick too, yeah. because we're both we're both in education. Sure. and spent time in education, and I know. Well, again, I'm not speaking for you, but I can probably guarantee that you had to sit through meetings and sit through. Um, uh, you know, counseling sessions with kids that quote unquote had ADD and everyone had a diagnosis. And if a kid couldn't sit still for two seconds, then it's, oh, he's got ADD. And I'm, and then you would, I remember sitting through a couple sessions with counselors and, you know, workshops and they would have like a checklist. If, if a kid meets these criteria, then they're this. And I'm like, well, shit. That was me. I was that. Yeah. I was that kid. Right, right. But right. we didn't. We didn't have like. Oh, your attention. No, just sh- shut up and listen and sit still. And, right, right. You right, get a crack yeah. across, or you. You know, my mom would come <laughs> home and you know, give me her board of education. But anyway, so anyway.
2: <laughs> no, I remember that too because uh, you know the world was a little different then. I remember uh, I was at Simmons uh, Junior High. And I remember I would get, you know, I literally, uh, one teacher would, would put his fist up with one knuckle sticking out and crack you across the back of the head. Uh, I remember another teacher used to yell tornado and he would flip you in your desk while you were in your desk. And for everyone that's like, Oh, and they're appalled. I'm just sitting going and like, and I mean, that's the way it went. And if someone else got it, I was laughing my ass off. So it didn't, <laughs> it didn't matter one way or the other, but I mean, You know, so getting, you know, getting through all of that, right? Like so you have this, you have this energy, you want to go places, you want to do things. And I think for different people it works different ways. You know, you you explain for yourself, which will, you know, only you can speak to uh when your mom passed away, that kicked in. For me, I felt like my anxiety had always built over the years. And I wanna definitely agree with you that you can feel anxious. It's okay. I mean, that is that is literally something that every person feels. Um, a lot of times anxiety comes down to a fight or flight when you're having a panic attack. That is when that is not normal. That is not right. When it inhibits your life and puts you in a position of, I can't do certain things. That is when you really got to take an issue on and you've got to tackle it and realize what it is. Um, you know, I would often talk to my mom about this and say, you know, if I had a broken arm, I'd have no problem sharing it or talking to people about it because it would be something where people would you know, show empathy towards me or this or that. But if I were to say, well, I deal with anxiety and sometimes it can be crippling for me, um, then I'm, I'm showing what I feel is a weakness. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that's something that maybe half the people don't get or I feel like they're going to talk behind my back or they're going to do this or that. So I think it is something that we hold close to the best, basically. And, you know we've had a movie star jump up and down on Oprah's couch and things like that. Right. And just literally tell you that mental health is fake and all of these other things. And, um, you know, we all want to believe that the heart controls the body, but the mind truly does. And, um, so just to kick it into gear with me, you know, obviously a go, go, go type guy was always a go, go, go type guy. Um, for me, I felt like anxiety was always there in the background. Like it was always building, 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 building. And it was going to get to a point where it just finally took over. And so for me, where I realized that it kind of took over was, which will sound strange to people, is I, I had my first real panic attack on an airplane, which is not the place to have a panic in attack. Back. And I was sitting between two dudes and I literally was like fighting. I mean, I, I, I felt like I had to get off the plane and I was willing to get off the plane. It wasn't in the air. It, we were still docked. But I mean, that is, is pre, little... pre or post cancer. Uh, I believe this was post. Okay. Yeah. And so I just sat there and I started sweating and I started, my stomach started to hurt. And I just was like, my mind was racing and there was no, there was just like every thought in the world was going through my mind all at the same time. And it was literally fight or flight. And in that case, it was, I was going to both fight and flight. Right. Mm-hmm. I was going to get off that plane. i somehow got myself calm down and that was just like okay this is weird this is wild and so that was just like an episode so you didn't know what it was i didn't know what it was i mean i just was like whoa i mean am i stressed am i because right right away it's like am i stressed am i just having a stressful situation um but for me i think it was a lot of things leading up to that so you know i I really do have a diagnosis and it's going to be a weird one as to why i develop anxiety and it'll sound crazy to people but for me it fits into my narrative and and for me i believe it was in a nutshell kind of growing up always having to you know either be kind of the man of the house or you know um it was me and my mom all the time similar to you um then it was you know not really knowing what i wanted to do with my life Uh, my first marriage there were a lot of issues within that marriage um um, with addiction and and other things, not on my end. Um, but still at the same time, it was a lot of me covering that up as I was a teacher and trying to deal with those home issues. So I lived a double life. Um, and then the cancer came along. My job was stressful at the time when I was the energy, um, administrator, because it was, you know, Talk about something that I was so excited to do. You know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to save a million dollars for the school district, which we did every year. We saved a million dollars every single year. And I was very proud of that. But it got to a position where it was like, you know, you were being called the energy Nazi. You would be calling the energy czar, you know, just anything any teacher could put up or say to you, they were. And so then I'm dealing with cancer. And then that was, you know, maybe six months later or something like that. And the way, the way that I put it is, it's going to sound weird again, but I hope people will take this in the context of what I just said. If I, I, I have literally been to doctors who said, I'm shocked you're alive at this point. Like when I tell them all the stories that I've gone through and I, and I, for the sake of the individuals that I've either been married to or that I've been in relationships with or anything like that, or even growing up, I'm not going to get into those details because, you know, I haven't asked for permission or anything like that. But what I will say is, getting to the certain age that I was, I finally married Sarah, who's my wife, and then normalcy kicked in. And that was, in my opinion, as crazy as it sounds to people, that is when my anxiety kicked in. Because now I'm not waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm not waiting for shit to go haywire. I've got a stable person in my life. I've got everything is just absolutely stable. I know exactly what's going to happen when I come home. I know exactly what's going to happen when I wake up. I'm literally not sleeping with one eye open. I have got absolute normalcy. So as as I'll never pin it on my marriage or anything, I'll just say for me personally, that is where my anxiety kind of took off. And there's other little things in there that, I mean, I could fill people with just, and I won't for days of just little instances in my life that helped create that monster. So that is when I kind of have have fully realized and have kind of said, that's where I'm going to plant my flag is I've got normalcy in my life. So someone who didn't have necessarily, you know, mom and dad living in the same house, a nuclear family, everything was exactly the same. Um, just the slow buildup put me in that position, uh, being a single dad, all of those things, um, I think really just set me up for that, and then once it took its grip on me, similar to anyone that's dealt with addiction, uh, other things. I mean, you have to figure a way out of it. And so, I'm going to stop there and kind of maybe let you. Uh, well, talk.
0: I'm I'm still I'm curious on yours. So when you said it was the normalcy, yeah. what about that normalcy that that created extra anxiety?
2: Well. I can answer that, and I I was I was kind of wondering if you would think that was kind of an odd answer because it seems almost that way, right? Like, hey, everything's fine, everything's normal, you know. You're living the dream now. Well, for forty some years, I wasn't living the dream, Mm -hmm. and so for me, my anxious tendencies or my you know my anybody that knows me, like I'm sitting down doing this right now, and anyone that's a close friend knows I never sit. I am like the Energizer Bunny. I'm running around all the time. I was always putting out fires, right? There was no time to think. I mean, I literally felt like once I got into adulthood, once I got married, once I had a son, once I had a job, there was no more time to do anything but just put out fires, put out fires, put out fires. Now all of a sudden, I'm not putting out fires anymore. Now all of a sudden, I am literally in a calm situation. And now all of those things that I was so used to, which was literally like, Being a secret agent or, you know, I mean, that's the way that it kind of felt like there were two people. Mm -hmm. There was the public persona and then there was the home persona. Now I've got to combine those personas all into one. Right. And I think that is where it kicked in for me was just that point of, well, now what do I do with all this anxiousness that I've always had that I was using in a way to cover up and being smooth and being smart and doing all of these things. Now, what do I do with all that now that I'm in a situation where it's like, I don't have to worry about anything crazy going on in my home. Like I legitimately don't. So that for me is why I say I pin it back to being normal, normal. So when people say, well, you, it sounds like you're pinning it on being married, that you have got anxiety. No, 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 no. That, that is the best part of my life and mm-hmm. the greatest gift I've been given. Uh, as I'll often say, if I died tomorrow, I'm very thankful that I've seen what normal is. And, and I think that's okay to say.
0: Well, it makes sense and, hearing you say it because, like you said, for all those years, you're constantly using that anxiety that you had, the anxiousness, the energy to fuel yourself, to fuel whatever whatever mode you were in, teacher mode, home mode. You're always moving, always fueling yourself with that anxiety. All of a sudden, right. all of a sudden, things are normal, and you have to look around, and you're like, "Well, now what the hell do yeah, I?" Yeah, you're,
2: you're the same. You're the same person. Like it doesn't yeah. just ch- change you, right? I mean, you're like you're still the same animal. And for so me now, this
0: yeah, well, I can relate to it in the sense that you know, I spent ten years slowly going down a black hole of addiction with alcohol. It caps with me being in a hospital for a month and a half, not sure if I was even going to live, then getting out of the hospital and trying to be somewhat normal again. And then you spend a couple of years doing, getting yourself back on track. And then for me, I'm all of a sudden back in the teaching field, back into doing quote unquote, what i was normally doing and for me it was like looking around like shit when's all this going to like when's the jig going to be up when am i going to mm-hmm. have my heart attack when am i going to when am mm-hmm. any little any little you know headache any little soreness any anything would like trigger me like oh that th- it's up you know i was given a gift for a couple of years now it's time to meet my mm-hmm. maker So everything was like a death sentence for me. Like, Mm -hmm. oh shit! And now here, here it is. And I was by myself, and I was like, no one's gonna know where I'm at. I'm gonna, you know, it was just all these shit that I'd make up in my head. But it had some part of it was real. I mean, it was like I'm here all alone. The jig is up. I'm gonna die. And then it just turned into like all this full blown, probably similar to what you had on the airplane. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what the name of it was. I didn't know what was happening to me. But the more, you, you, the more you're in your head, the worse it gets because you're just on this like hamster wheel of, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. What's, and then it, you make it worse. And I didn't have a name to put on it. I didn't have any tools in my toolbox to contend with it. And that's what was, it made it worse for me. And that scared the shit out of me.
2: You know, I often tell people, um, you know, we've all got our eyesight, right? Or, I mean, for the most part we do. Um, but what I tell people all the time is my perception of reality is what I see through these lenses, right? And these lenses are connected to my brain. So what you see and what I see, while it may be the same, it's different, right? So I often will, will tell people like your perception of reality is different than my perception. And I know that's like getting all crazy talk for people, but to understand anxiety is all about what we perceive and how we take those things in. And at that point, what are we doing when we take it in? And so for you saying, you know, I was taking this in. I didn't know what was happening to me. I mean, sometimes those panic attacks and those things, you can feel like, okay, what's wrong with me? Am I sick? Am I going to die? Am I going to, I mean, when they say it's fight or flight, I mean, it's legitimately fight or flight. And, and that explanation is you literally like, you're going to fight your way out of this situation, like not the anxiety, but I mean, you're literally just going to go, you know, bonkers and just run through a crowd to get away from something. Um, or there's the flight where it's like, I can't be around it. I have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's one of those situations And you and I for a little while had lost touch. Um, it, it was clearly during this time. Um, and I think that that's part of it is we don't want people to have to deal with our issues or take on our issues or take on, and we've just got to realize like at the end of the day, no, we want to help take on our friends issues and our, uh, you know, if they're having problems. Um, I mean that is at the end of the day what the what the word friend should mean, and we use the fr- we use the word friend a lot, like mm-hmm. we do. And it's okay if it's an acquaintance that wants to talk. It's okay if it's anybody that wants to talk because you may be developing a friend at the end of the day. You know, um, Chad will get this. You know, it's kind of the the old song "Friends." Mm-hmm. How many of us have them? Yeah, and um, you know, at the end of the day, for you to talk about. Um, You know, your positioning there where um, you you were dealing with addiction um, and you were dealing, like, are you surprised at the end of the day that you ended up having anxiety out of that? I mean,
0: well, now that I look back on it and I have tools to, you know, deal with it and whatnot, excuse me, it doesn't. But I'll go back and then I'm going to ask you the same question once I'm done with my little thing is like, Anyone that knows me knows I'm a morning person. I get up early. I get up before, you know, the birds get up. It's dark, and I love it because I get my workout in. I got my little routine and those things also are things that as I look back on it now can can be a blessing and a curse. They can be but they help me deal with my anxiety even before I even knew it was anxiety. And it was probably part of my anxiety that created those routines to be a little bit normal. But I've been, you know, people have always asked me, like, how long have you been getting up so early? As long as I can remember. I, I mean, it's not something that it wasn't Jocko Willick, um, you know, listening to his podcast and he wakes up at 4.30 in the morning and I didn't decide to do it. I've been doing it since elementary school. But I'm saying that to say this is that as I look back on it now, when I can remember the first time I had what I think was a panic attack, I didn't, again, I didn't know what it was. It was an early morning. <clears throat> I was getting ready to get my workout in and all of a sudden I felt like my chest was getting like tight. And then automatically it's like, oh shit, I'm having a heart attack. And then all of a sudden it's, you just start breathing heavy and then you're like, oh shit, I'm all alone. And now who's going to find me? Who do I call? And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then it went away. But then every morning since that, after that, I was like, oh, is it going to happen again? And then the more you worry about that, then all of a sudden now you're, you just induced another one. So it, I was like, shit, this can't, and I was afraid to wake up in the morning. Like, I was afraid to even go to bed at night because I didn't want to have to deal with waking up in the morning and had, hoping that didn't happen again. And then it just created this snowball effect and this feedback loop from hell that I, again, I didn't, and I didn't know who to reach out to. And finally I did, you know, finally sought, sought some, like, professional help. To like, what is this? And then the minute right. they told me, like, you're not dying, you're freaking healthy as a horse. You know, they I went to the hospital and they did all the tests <laughs> on me, and I'm right. like, no, I think I'm, uh, th- I'm I told them my history, and they're like, okay, you're lucky to be alive. I get that, but you're fine right now, Chad. You're not dying. No, I think right. there's something wrong. No, there's nothing wrong, right? Well, what's happening. Well, it seems like you're having anxiety and panic attacks, and this is right. here's some tools and breathing, and that's when I got into like meditation and guided shit. breathing and all that shit that I would have looked at before and been like, okay, whatever, yeah. But at, once I was able to put a name on it, and I had a some tools, just like so the, if you want to get bigger, this is these workouts will help you i did it i treated my anxiety the same way like okay this is what i do this is the name for it all right i got it and then now i got something to deal with and i got tools to use and that's what i was going to ask you when did yours uh after you had that one on the plane what did you do what was the steps you took to
2: well i i progressively i think got a little bit worse and worse um to the point where mine became more of a social anxiety, which I know for anyone that knows me, seems like that would be really weird. Um, So I used to come up with these sayings all the time, which are totally false. But for me, I would say, well, I hate people, Mm. right? And so it would be, but anybody that knows me knows I love everybody. Anybody, I mean, Chad's smiling right now. Anybody that knows me, if you're a friend of mine or someone I know, you know, I love you. I'll, I'll always show you love. I have no problem. But I'll always, you know, use that catchphrase, right? Like I hate, I hate people. Um, but part of it also was, uh, mine developed a little bit more because now I leave my job and now I start my own business and now it's all on me to make this work. And yes, it's been successful. That's great. But I'm not around people. I'm around myself. I'm around Duke and, and my, my cats and all of that for the majority of the day. And all I do is listen to his music and things like that. But I would just notice that I was having trouble sleeping at night. That was like the number one. So let's, let's deer back into Chad's thing. Mm-hmm. I would sleep at night because my brain wouldn't shut off with this. My, my brain tends to just go, 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 go all the time with ideas and, and concepts. And that part of it is, is let me flashback. My mom, I remember told me as I stated earlier, you know, we thought you might be ADD or ADHD mm-hmm. or whatever it was, but I remember she always said, but I think it works to your advantage. And I think she's right. Like I can have a million different ideas and concepts and things, irons in the fire because my brain wants that to happen. Then there comes a point in time where it's like, I've got so many irons in the fire and I say yes to everything and I analyze everything and I come up with another new idea the next day or a new concept that I'm just adding more and more stress to myself that I'm going to eventually just induce some anxiety. So I would go in because of, wellness checks and insurance and things like that. I don't remember what it specifically was, but I went into the same doctor that had diagnosed me for cancer. And I didn't go in and see a therapist or anything like that. I just went into my general physician. And we sat down and talked, and we had a really long talk about things and I explained my history, explained the things that I had gone through, uh the things that I was dealing with now. And he just said, "You know, it it sounds like anxiety to me." Um, let's, let's just try a little bit of this medication and let's just see if that helps you get some rest at night. And so I'm not adverse to taking any sort of medications or anything. I'm not a, you know, as long as I'm not a zombie. Um, and so I started on that and that was kind of the beginning of the road. So then, you know, I, he wanted to meet with me in the next three months or two months, whatever it may be to see how that works. It was a low dosage. We talked about how it went. I told them what improvements I was seeing, what I was still feeling. And then I diagnosed, right? And I always say, well, I'm okay with diagnosis. So my diagnosis uh, was actually a crazy amount of stuff, which was uh, obviously general anxiety. Uh, usually, where the anxiety comes, depression. Usually, they kind of go back and forth. It's a catch all for everything, right? But the one that was crazy to me was PTSD. You know, that was their general feeling that because of what I had gone through all the way leading up to this and this putting on this facade and doing all of these different things that I was dealing with that. I I don't feel that I'm PTSD. I I, I think people that go over and uh, fight for our country and come back may deal with PTSD and others that have been in really traumatic situations. But I'll always lean on the fact that I don't feel that I've ever been put in that type of position. Needless to say, um, uh, you know, I, I take a few meds, and this is where people will immediately say, "Oh, so you just you know you're solving the problem with meds, and then you know so that's it, right?" Like you're no, Chad just talked about it. They're tools. For me, they're the tools that I need to get my brain and my emotions in check, so that I can start focusing on how to properly handle whenever I feel anxiety. So, in other words they're giving me the edge that I need in a way to now sit there and say, this isn't real or calm down or so I'm not having a full-blown panic attack. So is exercise a good one for people? Absolutely. Serotonin, all of those things that your brain fills up with, that is great for a person. Um, You know, other things that are good, yoga, uh, breathing, breathing exercises, meditation. Um, I always firmly believe that listening to music one of the things that my mom taught me as a guidance counselor, and I use it to this day, was to focus on your five senses whenever you're having a panic attack. And that is, so if I'm sitting on a plane, I will always bring like a little fidget toy with me. Okay. Now it sounds crazy because it's like, well, aren't those not a fidget spinner, but something I can, I can manipulate in my hand. That is because if, if I get into a situation that has already caused me an anxiety attack, it's really easy to cause that same anxiety attack. So. Going back to what you had prior said was, well, when I go to work out, is it going to happen again? Is it going to happen again? The reason you're doing that is because you had that panic attack based on going to work out that morning. So now when you get up the next morning and you're going to go work out, well, I don't have panic attacks any other moment, but I happen to have a panic attack when I went to go work out. So I'm going to consider that this is when I'm always going to have a panic attack, right? This is your brain. I'm tapping my head as Chad's watching me and he's nodding. So I, I, I think for me, anytime I had to fly for my work, that immediately was like flashback, I'm going to have a panic attack. So I remember my mom called, calmly told me, she said, focus on smells, focus on your breathing, focus on what you can see, what you can feel, those tactile sensations, things like that. And so I've also developed little things within my head, which for pe- people will sound crazy, but trust me, It works. I will sit there and go A, 24, B, 23, C, 22, D, 21, E, 20. I will do things that focuses my brain to have to think of other things. And they usually have to do with letters and math. That's something I've taught myself. And I will do that because I can't focus on anxiety right now. I have to focus on making sure that I complete this puzzle I've set up in my head. And that sounds like crazy to people, but I know there's some people out there right now that are saying, I might try that or I might use that. It's, you know, I can rattle these numbers off in these letters because I've used it so many times. For me, then I might get into a bigger number if I'm really having it and go 100, A, 99, B, and I'll still do all the letters and do all that. But think about that. If you're listening right now, try and do that. Try and start at 100 and use the letter A and work your way back. And you will get to a certain number where now all of a sudden you're trying to focus on what was the letter and what was the number. Well, if I'm focusing on a letter and a number at this position, I'm not focusing on my anxiety right now, am I? I'm trying to solve a problem. That worked for me. Um, So yes, do I take medication for uh, my anxiety every morning and every night? 100%. Do I ever miss? Nope. Do I take what's prescribed? Yes. Is it right for me? 100%. Does it, in some regards, maybe dull me down a little bit? Um... Yeah, I suppose it does. But, you know, I got to trade off one thing for the other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same with you. Uh, You know, these things happen. We have to deal with them. And I think there's a lot of stuff that at the end of the day, um, do I wish I wasn't on medication? Certainly. Another thing to look at is also family history. And I think a lot of people will, you know. I keep thinking of that office episode where Michael's on the roof, right? And, you know, isn't that just a fancy word for, you know, uh, he's yelling down to Dwight. Um, you know, like back in the day, it was like, oh, you just have the blues. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Something, like, right? And so I think, you know, at this point, it's, it's one of those things where I think we're taking mental health a lot seriously. And I think that, um, yes, if I could be off meds, I would love to but they're working for me. They're not causing me any issues. So for me personally, that works. But what I wanted to get back to with the family history is, you know, I, I came to find out that on my dad's side of the family, um, you know, my aunt severely crippled by anxiety to the point where she couldn't leave her home. Um, when her father passed away and it was down the road was the funeral. She couldn't leave her house to come attend the funeral. And she passed away early in life. And I think my grandmother also had some issues, mental health issues too on that point. Here's the, here's the point though. We weren't really looking at mental health issues as heavily at, you know, 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 20 years ago as we are maybe currently and for the past 10, 15 years. So I think there's a little bit of a difference there. And that goes back to us being in education. If you were a kid we didn't have the word ADHD mm-hmm. when we were growing up that kid was just i hate to use these words but that kid was just a spaz mm-hmm. or that kid was just hyper or that Hype, kid was uh, just up to no good right and it's like well now we have bouncy balls they can sit on and we understand that some kids have to stand to learn and we understand that some kids just need to be able to have something tactile in their hand in order to learn and we're learning that not everyone learns from just staring at a board all day they learn from either reading or interacting or doing something. So now we even have careers built out of this, right? To where people go into the trades because they're not normal learners. They want to work with their hands. They want to be moving. They want to do things. So getting back to that, I think a lot of it comes from figuring out maybe where that mental health issue may come from. Maybe it gives us a little bit of a, helps us to understand that, you know, this is something that has run on one side of the family or not, because they will ask you that when, they, when you go in. Mm-hmm. If you go in, they will ask you, just like if you have a heart issue. Has anyone in your family had a history of heart issues? Why is that so important? Because it's a genetic thing, too. Right. And so I'll kind of cut there, but I think it's very interesting when you start thinking about anxiety and you start opening up and you're opening up family members and people. To find out, you know, hey, has this person ever dealt with this? Has this person for you? It might be, has my mom dealt with this? Has, has has TJ dealt with this in any way, shape, or form? And that again, that's none of my business here, but it is something where I sit there and say, have other family members dealt with it before, and is there a tendency for me to have to potentially deal with it? Right. Um, so
0: yeah, for me, I I mean, I look back on my mom. I know for sure she. Probably dealt with it. I mean, shit, she couldn't have not did not dealt with it. But I'm not probably didn't deal with it healthily either. Because, like you said, it's not something you know. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, people didn't talk about it. Just like right. rub some dirt on it, kind of thing. I go back right. to uh you know how you deal with you taught you're talking about using numbers and counting and is one of your strategies or tactics for getting out of your head. And you know, I use the word meditation and right away when even when I heard the word meditate, I was like, come on. I'm not like right. right away I think of like, okay, I gotta sit crisscross applesauce in a quiet room with some incense burning and, you know, all this. Yeah. I had to set up this whole process before I could even and I was like, I ain't trying to do that. But then once I learn more about what meditation actually is, it's no different than taking a walk. Taking a walk is meditation. Mm-hmm. Working out can be meditation. All that meditation is is just being in the moment, being single in your thoughts.
2: Singular focus, Yep.
0: And it uh, for me, it's, it's breathing. I'll just do like box breathing, I call it, or I didn't make it up, but it's just a thing where I'll breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold, and you just keep running. But I count, the br- I, I count the time. So again, it's a numbers thing. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, you know, you, like, I'll look at something and say, like, all right, black, green. I'll look at colors and I'll name them in my head or mm-hmm. anything. All it does is it takes your mind off the, the hamster wheel and puts it onto something right. different. Sometimes right. I'll even recite verses of rap songs. Mm-hmm. It's meditation. It's all the same thing. So once people find that and like, oh, I can do that, that's, I already kind of do that. Okay, then keep doing it. It's just another way to get out of your head. And for me, again, it was being able to put a name on something. Okay, that's, you're telling me that it's anxiety? Cool. You got some tools for me to use? Cool. I didn't go on medication because I didn't want to get addicted to something because. Understandable. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you give me, you give me a pill, I'm going to abuse it. So I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't take that route. So I had to learn other things to deal with it and it worked and it still works. But one thing I want to tell people, anxiety didn't go away. The anxiety still comes just because I, I, have some tools doesn't mean I don't get anxious anymore. But I don't let it turn me into, uh, I don't let it cripple me, I guess is the best way I can say it. I don't let it keep me down. But, in one more thing I'll say and then I'll let you go. Not go off the podcast, but I'll let you talk is. Whenever I would feel anxious or when I would feel it coming in. Before I had any tools, I would, like we were talking about the fight and flight thing, I would try to get the fuck away. I would try to run. I would try to avoid it. I would try to get, which would make it worse. But once I learned, hey, I can sit in this shit because I'm not dying. So I can sit here. All right, I'll face you. You want to call it the dragon, call it whatever it is, but I'll I'll sit here with you. I'll give you a hug. I'll embrace it but I'm not going to run from you. And once I learned that too, kind of analogy, like, okay, I can sit here with it. It sucks. It's scary. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable, but I can sit here with you. And then it kind of melts itself away.
2: I think, um, you know, you saying like, it's already crept in. It's already there. Um, yeah. Something you live with. Right. So it's, it's not trying to be like, anybody that knows Chad or myself and for many of you, you're starting to, you know, you already know Chad probably by listening to these podcasts and you're maybe starting to get a feel for me. I, I I don't really, my concern is never so much that people understand, you know, like, like I'm saying, boo-hoo. Right. So I've gone back to back with two episodes of Chad where it's like, I'm bearing my soul on things that have happened to me. And, um, do I want you to feel sorry for me? No, I don't, please do not feel sorry for me in any way, shape or form. I do not need that. You know, like that is not the thing I need. What I would, as I've said before, love to be able to do is if someone's dealing with that issue. And I had a friend that was, and, um, came to me because it was very open about my issues with it. Um, and he's doing great right now, which is wonderful. So Again, it's, it's those situations where I feel like if I had said anything or I wasn't open about it, he wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have come and asked to talk to me when we were at a comic convention of all places
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and, and just drill down and ask me question after question after question. He's helping me, as I've said before. A lot of people don't understand that when I'm able to talk and talk about this and for anyone that's listening to this, you're helping me. You're helping me from the perspective of I'm getting more and more mindful of why I deal with these issues, what these issues are. Nothing is the end of the world. We, we are right now, like if you, there are people right now that in the past two to three years have developed anxiety. And it's because of either political issues, it's because of social media, it's because of instant everything. You've developed an anxiety. Your work has been up, changed. Everything is, right? You're, you're anxious about COVID as an example. Am I going to catch it? Am I not? Am I this? Am I that? Here, here you know, end of the line, bottom line of, of the story is if you feel you need help, you feel those moments that Chad and I have talked about. You've been, oh, I've been there. I know I, I've been there. I've started those cold sweats. I literally have difficulty getting out of bed every day. I have difficulty going to sleep. I have diffi- I'm, I'm drinking right now because it's the only thing that pacifies me. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with this or, you know, I'm doing things that are out of the norm. Um, it's okay. Go in for a wellness check, talk to someone about it, go see a therapist, go see a counselor. Most of your, if you have insurance, most of your medical plans are going to cover so many of those spots anyways. Um, if you feel like they're immediately going to, you know, give you medication and do these type of things, no, they're going to talk to you and they're really going to let you talk And in some regards, talking to that person who really doesn't know you, who's trained to listen, is sometimes better than me calling Chad and saying, hey, Chad, I'm going through this. Because then we'll all of a sudden get off and talk about basketball or we'll talk about Mm -hmm. music or we'll talk about whatever. This person is solely focused on trying to get to know me. And I will, and I have started back up. So people are understanding with with the amount of workload that I've had. Um, I've gone in and I'm talking to someone now who's just absolutely fantastic. Is helping me look at like exit strategies of like saying, "Hey, if I wanted to get out of what I'm doing right now, could I?" And she's saying, "Could you?" And then all of a sudden, it's on me to decide. And then we start talking about, "Yeah, you have those options." So again, now I want options to know I'm not stuck. Um, but I think all of us that deal with it, and and let's go back right to the beginning. Everybody has anxiety. Mm-hmm. Everybody has worry. Everybody has all of these things. Some people take medication for it. Some people don't. But to think that it isn't a real thing, there's two people telling you examples, stories. And I will tell you right now, I use the word brother a lot, but Chad is like a brother to me. When he tells me these things, I will tell every listener out there, Chad is not someone to just open up and tell you every single thing about himself in that way. So for him to share this is also something that's healing for him in a way, just as much as it is for me and our, our bond as brothers, uh, become stronger because of this also, because if he's having a moment, yeah, I want him to call me, you know, but talk to me because I've probably felt the same thing or I've been in that situation or I can talk you off that ledge right at that moment. And I may need to call on him and he'll pick up for me too. So everyone has a different little monster that maybe creeps in. And once it's in there, folks, it's kind of in there. You know, it, it may go away. You may subdue it. It may be in the cage. But then all of a sudden something may happen that causes that to break out. And for a lot of people, like I said, it's either been politics. Uh, it's been COVID. It's been, you know, people have had deaths in families recently because of COVID or vaccination or not vaccination. There's just so much going on right now. Find your calm place, focus on those around you, focus on what you can control. And Chad brought up a really good one, uh, which is so interesting because before, when we're, we're, whenever we come on, we don't talk about what we're going to talk about because then it becomes, a, it becomes an infomercial. <laughs> what, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, when he's like, he's looking at colors or he's sorting out different math problems in a way, like, right, we're taking something that's purely emotional. We're taking anxiety, which is purely emotions, and now we're trying to make them into math. One thing that I'll always come with is emotions are absolutely subjective. And all of those other things like tactile sensation, looking at colors, doing math problems in your head or things like that, those are facts. So what do I need to ground myself? I need facts to ground myself. So the emotion of, oh, I'm going to have a heart attack. Oh, I'm, I'm dying. Oh, I'm doing this. It's all emotions, right? Mm-hmm. right That's subjective. You feel that way. doesn't mean it's true. You go into a doctor. They hook you up to an EKG. They check you. They feel your pulse. They do all those things. They're coming now and they're telling you facts. Those facts are what calms your mind and helps your emotions stay in check. So that is my personal belief of what the difference is subjective versus objective. Our objective is... What, what can we see? What can we do? What can we do to get out of this? And I will also tell people that are dealing with a panic attack or something like that, Chad brought up a major one. Breathe. Count to four. Count to five. See how long you can hold your breath. Do six. Can you do seven? Because right now, all I'm telling you is different things to take your mind off of it. It will go away. What we don't want is to have it happen three times a day, twice a week, once a week any of those situations. Go to someone you trust. Talk to someone you trust. Uh maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a brother, maybe it's a sister, anyone that you can a husband, a wife, someone that you can talk to to say, do you think I should go in? And if anyone came to me and brought up issues that I've said or Chad has said, I'd say, go in. I got your back. I support you. And it is something you don't need to share. You know, if you're very uncomfortable with it, that's okay. If we're reaching anyone that's saying, you know, I think I do need to go in and talk to someone. Great. We don't need to, you know, we don't ever need to hear from you if that's the case, right? We're just more than happy to say, this is our cross. We'll bear it. You know, we're okay with laying it out on the line. Is it a weakness? 100%. Is it a strength to be able to talk about it? I think it is because it's showing that we're two men that can literally say, yeah, I've dealt with this, I've dealt with this issue and I'm still dealing with it. And I'll probably deal with it when I'm 70, God God willing that I live that long, Uh, all of those things. So it's, again, it's okay to share these things. And um, you learn a little bit more about the person too. So like I said, Chad and I have been friends for uh, far too long. And at the end of the day, when we start talking, we brought up the addiction thing, I mean, then you delve into anxiety, you start to realize, okay, there's more to this onion than I knew, but it also gives you more love towards that person and right. more understanding because that's what a brotherhood or that's what a friendship is all about.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, when I first decided like, okay, I got to talk to somebody <clears throat> or find out what's going on. Of course, right away, I was like, ah, not, I can't do this. I'm, I'm strong. I mean, you know, I'm, I can't do this because I'm strong and I got to, no, don't do that. And the reason I share now is because I know the effect that some people ha- it has on people. I've had people come to me. Thank you. Thanking me. I deal with that too. I didn't know what it was called or whatever it happens to be fill in the blank, but I know it reaches people, and I know people guarantee 100% that will come back and say, Thank you. And I finally went in to see somebody, or I finally went in, I finally talked to someone. Listen, you, it might not even have to be a doctor you go to, but sometimes just you just got to let it out. You can't just hold it in. And that's what I did for so many years was just like holding shit in and letting it fester and letting it grow and then it just gets worse and then then the drinks start coming in and, again, fill in the blanks because it happens and if you don't talk, if you don't reach out, if you don't go to a doctor or whatever, it, it's not going to get better and it's not going to make you a bad person to do it. It makes you a better person.
2: It makes you a better person. It makes you a better husband, wife, father, whatever it may be. Um, again, we all deal with anxiety. I was just telling Chad, I'm trying to fix the treadmill hill. There, there's a Allen wrench bolt on it, right? I talk about a ceiling fan. You know, I'm just trying to move something into another room. It causes me anxiety. Okay. There's a difference between just an anxiety, which is a worry, a bother. That's kind of how I put it. Then there's anxiety with a capital A.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what we're really trying to focus on. So we're not saying like, oh, anytime life doesn't go my way, it's anxiety. No, a hundred percent not. It's when you're literally like don't want to get out of bed or you're don't want to go to be around people or you you don't want to deal with that. So, you know, for anybody listening, there are multiple times that I'm invited to go um hang out with friends or go out and do things. And I have just absolutely unequivocally said no. And my whole reasoning is because I feel like I might have an anxiety attack or I might have an issue. Um, and I've started to get better about that. But it's taken me years and years and years to feel safe enough, to feel comfortable enough. And honestly, to have a spouse that's supportive enough to understand my situation and understand what my needs are in order to accommodate me. hmm through that, but I'll also always come back and say, I'll try. I'll give it a whirl. Cause here's the exit strategy for me with that social anxiety sometimes is that I can just leave. Right. So I'm the dude that always sits on the end of, you know, you know, like my son, uh, Hunter is, is in concert in high school and all these things that I'm the dude that sits in the back of the auditorium. I sit on the end seat. I don't care that I'm on the end seat and the whole row is open. I'll move my knees. You can walk by me because that is my escape hatch if I need to. Right,
1: right.
2: Um, I will tell everyone the last time that I had a panic attack uh, was when my son graduated. Um, I went to uh, the Premier Center to watch my son graduate from Roosevelt High School. There's all these cars there. I have to park. I have to get my mom there, I have to get uh, my ex-wife was there, uh, My uh, Sarah was there, so think about all the emotions running, and I got about five feet from the door, and boom, it hit me, and I was like, I got to go, and everyone's looking at me like, your son is graduating, and anybody that knows me knows he is my pride and joy, and I'm like, I can't handle it right now. My wife was already there with a seat. And I just told her, I'm like, I'm having an issue right now. And so I got in my car and I literally drove away. True story, folks. My son is graduating like in a half an hour. Got in my car, drove away, went to a gas station. I I went into a bathroom. I sat in the bathroom for a minute because it was quiet. I calmed myself down. I went outside. I texted my wife. I talked to her. And I said, I'm going to give it one more whirl. And this is what she literally told me. Honey, I'm, I'm up in the upper balcony. There's no one around me. It's nice and comfortable. There's no one around. It'll just be you and I sitting together. I want you to come. You know, it's important. You can do this. You see, that's better than any medication that I could have ever gotten.
1: Right.
2: Right? It's her supporting me and standing by my side and saying, I got you. I get you. We'll get through this. And I saw my son graduate and I was so blessed to be able to do that. And I remember I got in there and I held my wife's hand and I mean, it just melted off of me. And so, you know, when I see things for you in the future, like having a child, will there be anxiety? Of course there's anxiety, folks. There's Shit, anxiety, there's already anxiety
0: have a... going on right now. It's like a daily thing. Of course
2: thing. there is. Right. Yeah. You're like, you're like a month out. I yeah. mean, but it's dealing with the anxiety that it's just a normal thing that's going to happen. Right. And, you know. Sometimes we're all a little OCD in our own ways. And for me, when I hear you, I often always think of you as being just a wee bit OCD from the perspective of you're structured by your time. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Your time is what it needs to be. When, when this is legit, when Chad went on, see, Chad likes to get me right away before I ever can get on. So when he does the intro, he's got to make sure he gets his little, you know, this is how we are folks. We go back and forth. But he said, well, I need like a, a little bit of extra time. I'm not joking. Chad, called me one minute. That was my extra time. That was your one extra minute. time. You got one Cause minute. his time because his time is right on that hour. And I will tell you, there is not, he calls me on the hour. If it is the hour, he calls me. So it's a very basic understanding of me knowing him. Think about, I think about your life, Chad, and the fact that when we've talked prior, your mom was very scheduled. Mm hmm. You and your brother became very scheduled because of it. Your sports became very scheduled because of it. All of those things became very scheduled because of it. And so when, when you see Chad on Facebook and he's like, seize the day, carpe diem, and he's saying all of these things and it's 4.30 in the morning and he's, he's, not, he's not like, I'm watching him right now on the screen, folks. He's in Hawaii and it's pitch blackout right now. We're not doing this at any goofy time. It is pitch blackout. And... When he's, when he's saying, I get up early, that early and I go do that, yeah, every day he gets up that early. And I'm almost willing to bet if he doesn't get up at 4.30, he probably gets a little tinge of, I didn't get up at 4.30. Oh, forget um, about it. Yeah, it's, it, it is something right? like that, right? For sure. Be, because, the, because these schedules and these things and these norms that we have are what helps keep those things at bay. So don't think you're weird or you're odd or you're like, if that works for you, then that works for you. You know, we're all different, but coming back to what we say over and over again about anxiety or even depression, like I said, they both go hand in hand. I will tell you right now, if you're someone that I know or Chad knows, we love you. We we would never turn our backs on you. We would never make fun of you. We would never, because that's always the concern, right? Is that someone's going to make fun of you or say something or do any of that? No, I have no problem telling you what I've dealt with, which I just did. Uh, and obviously I'm doing this in something that's recorded forever, essentially. Um, and I would have no problem talking privately to someone and say, yeah, you're okay. You're fine. But for two, two dudes that are sitting here that are trying to be macho and trying to be whatever and saying, yeah, I dealt with this. I dealt with that. Does it make me feel like I'm less of a man? No, I, man, I only got one life. Right I'm just trying to run through this life and like be like, "What am I leaving behind? What have I been able to do? What have I been able to accomplish, same as you? You have one of the biggest accomplishments in the world coming up here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got part of that accomplishment, I should say, right. Um, you'll have anxiety when she's when she's eighteen, going off to college, right? So we all have it we're saying when it takes over your life and takes over the ability to do the things you love, that's when you may want to go in and see someone. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: again, there is a HIPAA out there. You have privacy. Uh, Chad's wife works in the health system. So another very easy thing for Chad, if you were to say, Hey, I've got this going on. I've got that going on. She's going to be supportive of it. So, Maybe look for people that are in the, in the health industry. Maybe look for people that you know have these issues and, and kind of go from there. But it's a never-ending battle. Once it's crept in, it's crept in. But it's also not crippling. It is for some people. But for some of those people, maybe we've got an opportunity to help them and to say it's okay to, it's okay to talk. Right. Call me. Text me. Let me know if you want to talk. I'll carve out time, man. Because if I can be of any help to you, you know, each one teach one, each one reach one. I mean, that's that's all we have left right now. is just trying I mean, to help each other, and that's it. So and
0: that's why I wanted to talk about it, just to get it out there and let people know that if they are dealing with it, it's they're not alone. It's it's something we all deal with, and it gets it can get bad. It got bad for me. It got bad for you. But as I say, and I'll close it with this because we're on our hour again. Is once I got a name for it, once I figured out, okay, I'm not dying, and this is something that's not just a death sentence. Okay, show me what I can do, and I did it. And then you you work it, and it uh, got better, and it doesn't go away, but it's something I can sit with now and cuddle instead of running away from in fear because I think I'm something bad's gonna happen. So. My man, we've been going for an hour and almost five minutes now. and Shocking, shocking. Yeah, right. And I got to put this on the interwebs. Or, well, it'll be on the interwebs on Tuesday, as it always is, part of the routine. And speaking of routines, I'm not trying to put any extra anxiety on you. When, <laughs> I'm, still waiting, I'm still waiting for my Black Panther print.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: I forgot about that.
2: <laughs> yeah no isn't everybody uh no we'll uh we'll make sure that we i've got all kinds of little goodies around here that i want to send off so it's uh I'm well, not can, just I'll, keep I'll keep reminding you
0: i'll keep reminding
2: that's buddy. okay you know what everybody does and i'm okay with that and uh again that's a good anxiety folks that's a right? good anxiety and that's a good way to end because it's just something where i'm yeah i gotta do something and i gotta remember to do that but what is the outcome of that? The outcome of that is that, you know, I'm going to make someone happy. And so, so happy lot, yeah, he's going to be all giddy and he's going to show me all of it because Chad has this awesome collection of stuff all over and
0: I'll put, I'll send you a picture once I get it. You know, I will.
2: I'll oh put, yeah. I'll put I get it on to see gram. all the gear and, and uh, Sarah is very excited to eventually come out to, to Hawaii. And I had told her, uh, just to end this, I said, well, I think, you know, we might be a couple of years out at this point with the baby and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, we're looking forward to coming out there and that's a way to uh, release some anxiety. But here I got to get on a plane in order to get out there. <laughs> and you might have. So, uh, you know, a <laughs> lot of jam, I mean, yeah. a lot, a of, lot of everything, but you know what? Again, every battle is a battle. It's a war and we get through it. But, uh, I appreciate you allowing me just as we wrap, I appreciate you allowing me to come on and talk about the cancer and asking me to talk about it because it helps me heal. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you letting me come on and for us to talk together about now, something that we both have gone through and we still continue to go through. Um, and I hope the next time that, you know, we're on my audio is really good. Um, I think it sounds great. Well, I hope so. I mean, you know, uh, uh, and that maybe we get to talk about something else that's fun and interesting. Oh, we um, will. And Kill we always it. do. We always try to come up with something. We'll figure something.
0: All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not mute you on the outro. And if you want to you know, spit along with me on the outro, <laughs> you're free. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you unmuted. I'm going to mute myself. People, thank you for listening. Make it a great day. I'm out. You never know where you're going if you don't look back hold it tight like a fist forward turns the black you gotta a relic you got enough keep it true take it to the you you too you got a relic they come far and feel remember what you do what comes back on